Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted, you should listen to all of the episodes as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. My name is John Durante. I am your host, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Clark Brigger, who's the Executive Director of Admissions at the University of Colorado Boulder. Clark, great to see you. So glad to have you here today. How are you? I am wonderful, John. Uh, thanks for allowing me to be part of this podcast. It is our pleasure and our honor. So let's get right to it, Clark. Tell us about yourself. How long have you been at admissions and how did you end up in such a position? Yeah, you know, I have a non-traditional path into the world of admissions. I was a rural first-generation student. I was certainly encouraged by my parents to go on and get a college degree, but that's about where their advice ended. So I had to figure <laughs> out a lot on my own. Um, I went to a small private. My brother went to a large public. My other brother went to West Point. Um, wow. And, you know, what we found in the process was uh, I was paying the same amount at a small private that my brother was paying at a large public, which I think is kind of unique to uh, people's knowledge. Uh, but my first career was in the Navy. So it was shortly wow. after uh, Top Gun came out and uh, I was interviewing for jobs and I walked past a Navy recruiter and uh, the uh, Navy recruiter asked if I ever thought about the Navy. And most uh, individuals probably kept walking, but I stopped and I said, well, you know, I always wanted to fly, um, you know, and uh, the uh, recruiter said, well, you you know, you're wearing glasses, uh, Goose, the backseater in Top Gun, he, he can fly. And I said, really, let's talk. Uh, so I did 20 years in the Navy and I, my last wow. job in the Navy was with the ROTC at the University of Michigan. From there, I uh, learned about much of campus, especially the central offices as you're uh, working on admissions with the, uh, the ROTC students coming in and uh, also with financial aid and some of the colleges to get their degree. And, um, you know, as I got ready to retire to provide some stability for my family, I started the job search there, hoping to walk across the street, and I was fortunate enough to get hired into admissions. Wow. Well, that's terrific. Thank you for that introduction. And more importantly, Clark, thank you so much for your service. Really happy yeah. and glad to hear about your journey. Thank you again. Thank you. So, Clark, the pictures 
of the campus at the University of Colorado of Boulder, they look amazing. What is it really like? Yeah, so it's really awesome. I mean, I am truly blessed that every day I, I drive into work and I'm looking at the Flatirons and the Rocky Mountains, and uh, it <laughs> is truly one of the most beautiful campuses on the world. I mean, I can walk out my office here on campus and I can walk about a mile, and I am at about 5,500 feet, and I can follow a trail and uh, do about a three-hour hike and be up to 8,000 feet. Wow. <laughs> uh, it's just uh, really gorgeous. And, uh, you know, I work with people all over this campus that are truly concerned about helping students. And that's a nice thing as well. Well, that's terrific. And Clark, I see that you've been the executive director of admissions at the University of Colorado Boulder for three years. What are some of the things that surprised you? Yeah. So I used to recruit in Colorado um, from two previous uh, national flagships, University of Michigan and Penn State. And every time I landed in Colorado, I was like, wow, it's really nice out here. <laughs> and, you know, in the winter, I was like, what is that bright object in the sky? Uh, <laughs> and, you know, so one of those things is really the uh, over 300 days of sunshine a year. Wow. It, it's amazing. Um, and then I didn't know I had to look this up because, you know, a lot of prospective students are like, well, it's cold there. And I looked up uh, the weather information on the Web and uh, I found out that the average high temperature in Boulder on uh, a January afternoon is 47 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. Well, that's wow. pretty nice for the middle of the winter. You know, it so sure we do is. get some snow. <laughs> But uh, it melts really fast and, uh, you know, we've got dry pavement uh, really fast. And then maybe the last thing is just I love the outdoors. So there's so many things to do. And what's kind of, uh, I don't know, fun is getting a Colorado newsletter that has uh, video captures of some of the wildlife. And sometimes that means like walking down the street in the middle of the night, the ring cameras are picking up a mountain lion. Wow. <laughs> That's not something we typically see on uh, in the Northeast, Clark. <laughs> yeah. So, Clark, what does a typical year look like for a college admissions representative? Yeah, you know, in the summer, so we're we're kind of approaching that time frame. Uh, we prepare for our fall travel. We're dissecting the previous year and planning our, our travel for the fall. And then in the fall, we're out on the road a lot, visiting high schools and working college fairs, trying to drum up the uh, interest, so to speak. And then in the winter, we're mostly heads down, uh, reading and evaluating applications, making decisions, uh, applying scholarships to those and responding to those applicants. And then like right now in the spring, we, we're hosting yield programs on campus for our admitted and confirmed students. We're answering all those next step type of questions. And we start talking to juniors and sophomores, uh, trying to uh, you know lay the groundwork for the next class. Well, that's terrific. And Clark, how many applications do you actually review a year for the University of Colorado Boulder? And do you represent a specific region? Yeah, you know, most of our applicants um, usually apply for a fall term start. So uh, a traditional uh, high school graduation in the spring and then starting uh, with us in the fall. And this year we received 55,000 first year applications. Wow. 39,000 of those came from out of state. Now, personally, I would say, you know, I 
review a couple thousand of those. And a lot of times it's on a second read or in a committee type of decision or something like that. I do have a, a small territory myself, um, mostly in state right now. And really that was because of a mass exodus uh, due to the great resignation that uh, our staff experienced. So I had to kind of uh, become uh, the entry level counselor again in many ways. Understood. Yes, I know COVID has affected us all in so many different ways, right? So I appreciate that insight. Clark, what could you tell me about the current freshman class? What is their average profile? Yeah. So our average high school GPA is at 3.68, uh, you know, kind of reweighted into a 4.0 scale. So we take the weighted GPA and, you know, anyone that has a on a four-point scale, uh, you know, a 4.5 or something like that, that comes down to a 4.0. Uh, but then, you know, the other students, um, you know, it, it works out to a 3.68. And the middle 50th percentile runs from a 3.5 to a 4.0. So it's a pretty talented group of uh, students. That that would be weighted, though, that 3.5 to a 4.0. Um, for those that report test scores, and we'll talk more about that, but uh, the ACT composite average is a 28 the SAT total is at 1275. Um, some other interesting facts, 45% uh, of our incoming students come from out of state. Wow. Um, you know, the three largest sending states are probably no surprise, California, Texas, Illinois. Um, we are represented uh, by over 80 different countries in our typical incoming class. Um, and uh, I guess students that are reporting a diverse background make up about 30% of our incoming class. I want to welcome back Sean Patel, who is the founder and CEO of Prep Expert. He's a Shark Tank entrepreneur making a deal with Mark Cuban back in 2016. Sean, welcome back. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back, John. So I just wanted to share with all your listeners real quick that we have an amazing partnership with the College Admissions Process Podcast, and we have a really special offer for all of your listeners. So for any listener who wants to enroll their student into one of our prep expert SAT courses, ACT courses, or one-on-one -on -one tutoring programs, you can get 30% off just for being a listener of the College Admissions Process Podcast. All you need to do is put in the promo code College Talk, one word, just College Talk, and that'll give you 30% off all Prep Expert SAT courses, ACT courses, or one on one tutoring packages. Make sure you use the link in the show notes of the College Admissions Process Podcast. Thank you, Sean. We really appreciate it. To our listeners, as an affiliate partner with Prep Expert, I want to be transparent with you that for every purchase made, the College Admissions Process Podcast will receive a small commission from Prep Expert. But rest assured that we only promote programs that we believe in and feel would benefit our listeners. For more information, please see the Prep Expert affiliate partnership link in the show notes. And now, let's get back to the show. Well, thank you for that overview and insight. What can you tell us, Clark, about life on campus? Is there Greek life at the University of Colorado Boulder? What's available to students outside of the classroom during the week and, of course, on the weekends? Yeah. 
we have a very adventurous and outdoors appreciating student body, you know, with the backdrop that we have, that's probably no surprise. There's a ski club, there's 300 miles of bike routes, there's hiking, biking, skiing, snowboarding, climbing. We say <laughs> that anything ends in an ING, it's happening here. Um, Greek life, there's Greek life, about 18% of our student bodies involved. So it's not huge. Uh, and yet, it's significant. Uh, you know, there's plenty of opportunity there for those that want to take advantage of that. Um, and then, you know, it's a big time sports campus. It's a Pac-12 athletics. Um, we've got arts. We've got a Shakespeare festival. We've got the conference on world affairs every year. Um, lots of concerts. Um, you maybe have heard of an outdoor concert venue called Red Rocks, which has all kinds of amazing music. That's about 30 miles south of here. Um, in Denver, we've got all the major league sports and all kinds of museums. And uh, did I mention that we have mountains? <laughs> I heard. <laughs> <laughs> and the pictures are absolutely beautiful of them. So thank you again for that explanation. Clark, do you conduct on-site interviews, whether it be, again, on campus or virtual with prospective students? And if so, what advice would you give a student preparing for such an interview? So we do not interview students. And, you know, you can think of that related probably to the large volume of applicants that we have. Sure. And frankly, we just don't have time to uh, go down that road. Um, like uh, a lot of our uh, smaller, uh, you know, especially the elite privates, uh, you know, put a lot of time uh, into those. But uh, we do not interview Understood. And do you measure demonstrated interests? And if so, what are the types of things you're looking for from prospective students? And we don't use uh, demonstrated interests in our admissions decisions. Uh, we focus on the ability of a student to be academically successful. And our out-of-state students compete against each other for a seat in a college school or major. So currently, uh, students are applying to a specific major that they would like to be admitted to. Uh, but if we can't admit them to that major, then we look at the university as a whole. Uh, so let's take an example of an aerospace engineer, which is one of our more selective majors. There are literally thousands of students applying to be an aerospace major. And um, we could fill up our whole college of engineering from those fantastic students, but we've got other disciplines that are in uh, aerospace or, or that are in uh, engineering, the College of Engineering. So, um, you know, we look at the student for that major, and if we can't admit them there, then we look at them for admissibility to the university. What kinds of application options do students have, for example, early decision, early action, rolling admissions, and Clark, is there a benefit to applying for one over the other? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think, you know, mostly this applies to all of us uh, large publics to some degree, but we have early action and uh, our early action deadline is November 15th and we notify students by February 1st. And then we've got regular, regular decision and uh, our regular decision deadline is January 15th and we notify students by April 1st. Um, so if a student's truly interested in the University of Colorado Boulder, they absolutely should apply early action for their best chance of admission. And from my seat, right, I'm handing out 
seats. So as I'm admitting students, I'm basically creating less space in a classroom. So therefore, you know, when students are truly interested in any school and they have an early action program, they should apply early action. And the reason I say it that way is because early action is a non-binding decision. So uh, students basically get the decision back sooner uh, from a college or a university, and they have longer to decide. Um, whereas we do not have early decision. And I want to make clear that early decision is a binding contract that not only does the student sign this, but their parents sign it and a high school counselor signs it that basically says, if I'm admitted to one of these early decision schools, I can only apply to one. And if I'm admitted, that's where I'm going to attend. And, you know, mostly that's very, very true. Well, I appreciate that explanation and that insight. And I also know that the University of Colorado Boulder is test optional. Clark, could you share with us the percentage of admitted students that did not, in fact, submit test scores? Yeah, it's, it's kind of amazing because we went test optional. This uh, year was our second year there, and roughly 50% of our applicants choose to apply test optional. Um, it's a little bit higher in students that report coming from a diverse or a first generation type of background. Uh, that's around 60%. But, uh, you know, there are plenty of students applying with tests and without tests. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And what are some examples of college essays that really stuck with you? And when you read them, you thought this kid really needs to come to the University of Colorado Boulder. So I'm going to actually flip that question to start with. And I'm going to say I actually read, <laughs> uh, you know, several essays this year, but one that I particularly didn't appreciate okay. because a student <laughs> didn't take it seriously. And wow. uh, he, you know, picked a pretty gross topic that wasn't relevant to the question. And, you know, basically, you know, he wasn't serious about that portion of the application. And ultimately he was denied wow. uh, because of that. So, you know, we really do read essays. Um, what I like to see is that the applicant answers the question that was asked and that they did it in, in a readable manner. But we're not English professors. You know, we're not grading uh, the essay. And uh, what we're looking for is students who will add value to our classroom experience. And, you know, I enjoy reading about students who write about something that was a meaningful experience, like maybe a mission trip or volunteering or a revelation of some port. Um, I particularly enjoy reading how applicants start to understand that the world is actually a bigger place than just their life and how their life has impacted others. Well, that's great insight. Thank you so much, Clark. And in terms of the teacher letters of recommendation, what are you looking for to help you get a better picture of the candidate? And again, are there examples of letters that really made an impression on you? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, a teacher has a unique perspective on a student because they see that student several times a week, uh, at least for one semester. And, you know, I'm hoping that the teacher brings us more insight into what that student you know, really brings to that classroom and to their classmates. So uh, when a student helps others to grow and to master that uh, class material 
or you know a, a teacher makes an observation it could even be outside the classroom and goes above and beyond and not only in their academics but maybe uh you know in the uh, social scene or something like that that's really impactful sure and what kind of scholarship opportunities do you offer for academic achievement and does a student have to apply separately for any of these offerings yeah um Roughly 25% of our out-of-state students either receive a $25,000 Chancellor's Award or a smaller percentage, maybe about 2%, receive a $50,000 Presidential Award. And those numbers are split across four years. So, you know, they sound like big numbers, but, you know, I think the fine print is important in anybody's uh, scholarship award. And, you know, like many large public flagship Research One institutions, we don't get a lot of uh, state support. And yet we try to do the best that we can with the money that's available to us. And because we do receive a small amount of state funding, um, we have to answer to our state legislature. Sure. And uh, therefore, most of the scholarships actually focus on Colorado residents in that space. And then, you know, a big question that always comes up in this is, do you match scholarships from other institutions? And frankly, we don't. And most of the uh, national public research ones will not match somebody else's scholarship. Yeah, well, that's a great piece of information. And I really appreciate you sharing that. How about varying state assessments? How do you evaluate them? For example, New York State has regents exams for all students in their state. Obviously, the University of Colorado Boulder is outside of New York. So how much weight do you put on these types of assessments? Right. And, you know, I uh, used to work at Penn State, so I was closer to uh, New York, and I got to see a lot more of uh, region exam uh, indicated that we're on transcripts and things like that. And ultimately, my perspective is that these are required exams that basically um, tell uh, a student that they've mastered that material and uh, therefore they're eligible to graduate, you know, if they pass five of these or, or more. And I see that as an expectation from my seat that, of course, I want to admit students that are academically talented and admissible. Um, so, you know, I would actually be distraught if I didn't um, acknowledge that uh, these are in some way, matter of fact, that of course I expect students to take these and to pass them uh, <laughs> because otherwise they're not ready for college. <laughs> that is so true. Thank you so much again, Clark, for that insight. And lastly, Clark, what are the top three pieces of advice you would offer prospective students and their parents who are getting ready for the college admissions process? Yeah, that's another fantastic question. Um, one thing that we did with my family, so I've got uh, three kids of my own. Uh, they're all Great. through this college process, but I've lived <laughs> on both sides of the desk for several years. Um, and I think what we did was when we were taking a trip, we tried to visit a college or two on that trip. And, you know, we visited small, medium, large, rural, urban, suburban, public and private. And through that process, I think students can get a feel for what, you know, really makes them feel like this is me. I, I like the feel of this place. And, you know, I want to look at more places like this. 
And then when a, a student gets admitted, I think it's important. And uh, I'm an analytical guy and I, I force my kids to do this, but make a pros and cons type of spreadsheet and compare them and take a look at out-of-pocket costs uh, because sticker price is not real, right? It's uh, how much uh, <laughs> of scholarship money and grants and aids that you have to help to uh, offset that cost. So what's your out-of-pocket cost? And then do this comparison to say, when you get admitted to University A versus University B, what is that cost difference? And is it worth that degree from that more expensive institution? Um, and then if it is, right, can we afford that? And, uh, you know, what kind of resources do we have to put towards that? You know, thinking about things like uh, the program itself, the activities that are available, the location, the alumni network, and the experience that you're going to walk away with. And then third, I would say, uh, you know, some of us have a, a worldwide brand, and the University of Colorado Boulder definitely has something like that. Uh, others have a national brand, some have a regional, some have a state brand, and there's a network associated with those brands that open these doors based upon how large is that alumni network and where are they and things like that. And there's that networking opportunity leads to interviews, internships, and jobs. So, you know, um, being in Long Island, right, you've got some local choices there that are well known on the island sure. and, and sure. in New York and maybe in the Northeast. Um, and, um, you know, if somebody that's in Syosset and uh, they want to stay in that area, those are fantastic options. But, you know, let's say somebody wants to uh, go to work uh, down in Texas or in California or something like that. Well, you know, they might want to look for something that more has a national brand or maybe somebody you know, is fascinated by the Far East. And, you know, they want to work in that area. Well, then they might want to go after that worldwide brand. Well, those are great pieces of advice. I really appreciate your insight today, Clark. It was a pleasure and an honor to have you. I loved hearing about all the great things that the University of Colorado Boulder has to offer, again, in their classrooms and beyond. Thank you so much for your time today and for being with us, Clark. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, John. This was really a pleasure for me. And yeah, I hope everybody can learn from it and uh, grow with it and uh, use it as part of their toolbox. The pleasure was all ours and we've certainly learned a lot today. Thank you so much, Clark. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap. What's up, podcast friends? I'm happy to announce that we've teamed up with some fantastic affiliate partners to further enhance your overall college journey. So do you or someone you know need stylish dorm decor, trendy college apparel, or top-notch test prep? Whether it's creating a cozy home away from home, flaunting the latest in college apparel, or securing top-notch test prep help, we've got you covered. Check out our affiliate links in the show notes within each of these categories, which we believe will help you, our listeners. 
please note that if you make a purchase through any of our affiliate links, the podcast does get a small commission. But rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel would benefit you, our listeners. So check out the links in the show notes and share with anyone you think may benefit. Thank you all and best wishes.